0: We started a series last week called Freedom, and what it is is the series Freedom is actually a a look and snapshots of the book of Galatians, and what we discovered last week was the book of Galatians is actually a letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to a church. He's writing this letter to a church, and what we see in Paul's letters in a lot of the New Testament uh. Are actually letters that he's writing to churches, to to the church, to the people. And he writes these letters to encourage them, to build them up, but he also writes these letters to correct them and also to address some issues that may pop up within their church. And so Paul is writing this letter to this church in the city of Galatia, and he's writing to to the people there, and he's addressing some issues. He's addressing some issues that have come up. And One of the issues that has come up is this church in Galatia is a church uh, really made up of non-Jewish people. So they are made up of what we call Gentiles. And we discussed that last week. These Gentiles are non-Jewish people. Well, these non-Jewish people, these Gentiles, got presented with the gospel of Jesus, that, that Jesus came to this earth. He, he lived a perfectly sinless life. He died on the cross for, for their sins, for the sins of the Jewish people, so that they could be forgiven. And so now what we see is not only are Jews a part of the family of God, Christian Jews a part of the family of God, but now we see that these Gentiles, these non-Jewish people, because of what Jesus did, are now part of the family of God. And so that's why this church was built. Now that's pretty exciting for these Gentiles, because now they're they're ingrained into this family now, this family of God, and they can now know what it is uh, to, to experience eternal life. And so it's a great thing for them, they're excited about it, they're excited about this church that they're in. Well, after Paul leaves, this, this group of Jewish leaders, these, these uh, Jewish folks come into the church. And Paul says in chapter one, what we read last week, is they began to preach a different gospel. And that different gospel says that, that what Jesus did is not enough for them to be loved and accepted by God. What Jesus did is not enough for them to be a part of the family of God. So obviously, you can imagine for these Gentiles, now they're going to start to get discouraged. And so Paul is addressing the church. He writes in the very first chapter of this book. He says, man, I'm, I'm pretty shocked at y'all. I'm pretty surprised that y'all are starting to believe and follow this different gospel. This different gospel that says that Jesus is not enough. And so he's addressing this in this letter. And so my whole point of, of this series is to address the fact that, that there are many of us even in here today that live our life in Jesus as if he's not enough. And so what happens is many of us walk around in the bondage of religious rules and regulations. We walk around in what we call living in uh, uh, legalism, believing that there are certain things that we still have to do to earn God's love for us. There are certain things that we still have to do in order for us to be saved. But Jesus covered it all. There is nothing more to be done. When Jesus died on that cross, he said, it's finished. And because it is finished, we can walk in the freedom that we are now part of the family of God. And the whole purpose of this series is for us to to understand what it is to walk in that freedom. The whole purpose of this series is for us to identify the bondages of religious rules and regulations, to to identify the bondages of legalism that we still may be bound by. And so the question I'm going to attempt to tackle today is, okay, we're going to walk in freedom. How do we stay free? Because if I can be honest, there are times in my life, there are times in my walk with Jesus where I seem to drift back into religion. There are times in my life where I, I find myself seeming to drift back into living by these religious rules and regulations, where I seem to be drifting and falling back into legalism, meaning there are certain things that I still got to do. God, I'm afraid you're not going to love me anymore. And so if I can just do this more, if I can just pray more, if I can just read the Bible more, if I can just wear the Christian T-shirt, if I can just wear the cross, if I can do all these different things, maybe, maybe you'll appreciate of me. And sadly, that's the way many of us live this life, in the bondages, in the bondages of religious rules and accusations. And that's what I want to do and present to you this morning is how do we stay free? I know the freedom that we have, but how do we stay free? How is it that we can continue to live this life? Thank you, Joe, appreciate you, sir. How is it that we can continue to live this life in the freedom that Jesus has provided for us? And so now in chapter two, we're gonna see Paul start to address how do we stay free? How do we stay free from this? Because as I said earlier, if we can be honest, there are times when we can drift back into these bondages. And in chapter 2, Paul's going to address someone, address someone who has kind of fallen back into these bondages of religious rules and accusations. And actually, the person he's going to address is Peter. Now, we know Peter, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter the rock. Paul is going to address him. Here in chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Verse 11 says this, when Cephas, this is talking about Peter, when Cephas, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Now, if that don't give you an idea and understanding of how the type of person Paul was, like he says, when, when, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Man, I told him to his face. I didn't talk behind his back. I didn't post it on social media. I told him to his face. I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And so let me just kind of break down what's going on here. Uh, uh, Peter is is telling this church in Galatia, he said, yeah, Peter, that guy, the disciple, Jesus' man, I opposed him to his face because he did something. He did something that was wrong. See, Peter, uh, at this time, the gospel had gone out. And now Gentiles were were getting saved. Gentiles were coming into relationship with Jesus. Gentiles were becoming part of the family of God. And so uh, uh, before Jesus, Jews would consider Gentiles as as unclean people. They would consider Gentiles as as sinners and as idolaters. So so it, it, it wasn't... Good for Jews to associate with Gentiles, because according to Jews, it'd be guilty by association. You, you can't eat, you can't sit with Gentiles, you can't eat with Gentiles. They eat the wrong thing. They 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 don't they don't follow the customs that we do. So let's just keep our distance from Gentiles. Well, now because of Jesus, Gentiles were coming into the family of God. So now Jews, Christian Jews, and Christian Gentiles were 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 fellowshipping together. And so Peter is now fellowshipping with Gentiles. And the Bible says here that that Peter is sitting down eating with Gentiles. He's enjoying the Gentiles' company. He's enjoying the fellowship with Gentiles. But then some Jewish folks come in, and Peter jumps up from his seat and begins to distance himself from the Gentiles. Like, no, 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 I'm not eating with them. And not only that, it says that, that, that other Jews that were there with him began to follow Peter's lead, and they began to get up and get away from the Gentiles. Why? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of what these Jewish folks would say. And let me just kind of point this, put this on a side note for us. Much of the religious rules and regulations that we follow, much of the legalism that we do, is more so to appease man than it is to God. Like a lot of the stuff that we want to do, a lot of the things that we we do is so others can perceive us as godly and holy. And we do it for them. And here we see Peter, just like many of us, Afraid of man, afraid of, of what they're going to say, he gets up from the table, he, he distances himself from the Gentiles, and he begins to act like he wasn't associating with them. He begins to act like he wasn't fellowshipping or eating with them. And Peter was enjoying himself. But because of the bondages of religious rules and, and, and regulations, because of the bondages of, of legalism, because of the bondages of the fear of man, he got up and began to act like he wasn't associating with them. And so Paul took issue with that. And so Paul is addressing Peter. He says, I opposed him to his face because of what he did. Because not only is he doing that for himself, but other people are starting to follow and take his lead. And then we go to verse 15. And Paul is continuing to address Peter in this issue. He says, we who are Jews by birth, he's saying, okay, Peter, let's, 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 let's break this down. Let me, let, me, let me show you what's wrong with what you're doing. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. And so what Paul is telling Peter is, Peter, you know better. He said, you and I came from the same place. You and I, as Jews, we we followed the customs. We followed the laws. We did all the right things. We followed all of that, but it led us nowhere. Peter, you know better. We don't live under that anymore. We're free from that. We live under the justification of what Jesus did. We live in a new life because Jesus provides us a new life. We don't live under rules and regulations anymore. We don't live under that legalism anymore. We don't do that anymore. And then he goes on to say, verse 19, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. So now Paul is is, is giving us some insight as to how we can remain free. He said, I'm not going back to that anymore, Peter. I'm not going back to to this bondage anymore. I'm not living that way anymore. And you shouldn't either because we know the freedom that Jesus provides for us. We know what Jesus has done for us. Peter, you saw it. You had a front row seat to the work that Jesus has done for you. What are you doing? He says, I'm not going back to that anymore. In fact, I'm dying to that so that I can live for God. And so he's given us this insight as to how we can remain free from the bondages of religious rules and regulation. How we can remain free from legalism. He says, i die to that. We see this, Jesus himself addresses this issue as well. This, what I would like to call the art of dying. In Matthew 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now keep in mind his disciples Peter included, saw all the wonderful works that Jesus had done, saw all the miraculous things, the supernatural things, saw Jesus raise people from the dead, saw Jesus heal the sick, saw Jesus do some incredible things. So in their mind, they're like, yo, Jesus is the God. Look what he's doing, look what he, oh my goodness, and he's talking about the kingdom of God. You know what, man, I can't wait for the day that Jesus steps up and overthrows this Roman government and establishes his earthly kingdom. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Oh, when Jesus does that, it's going to be on. And we get to be a part of it. So they're super excited. There's an anticipation as to what Jesus is going to do. But in Matthew 16, Jesus said, hey, I'm about to suffer. And I'm about to die. Three days, I'm gonna be raised again, but it's about to go dark. It's about to go really bad. Well, Peter is not having it. So Peter pulls Jesus to the side and is like, Jesus, let me talk to you for a second. That's crazy talk. You're not gonna die. In fact, we're not gonna let that happen. Like in Peter's mind, he's like, man, you're about to be king. You're about to rule over this Roman government. You're about to make things happen like like it's about to be on. And now you're telling us you're going to die, Jesus? That's crazy. That's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. What did Jesus do? He rebuked him, right? Get behind me, Satan. He was speaking to that worldly, earthly Sinful influence that was in his life. He said, "Get behind me, Satan! Quit trying to distract me from the the will of God. Quit trying to distract me. What I've been called to do. You're not understanding what's happening here. See, you're you're thinking a- according to earthly wisdom. You're thinking according to man. But but man, I I don't think according to man. I'm thinking according to what God is standard. What God's standards are. I'm thinking to what God is starting to to in place on this earth. You you need to understand what is happening. But then." Jesus makes this statement to them. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And so again, Jesus, just like Paul was, he's addressing the art of dying. He says you need to get out of this worldly mindset and you need to take up your cross and deny yourself. You need to die. Taking up the cross. Now, we had this cross that was here at one time and and many of you have asked about it. Well, where's the cross at? Why don't you have the cross? uh, So here it is, right? Now, some of you think this cross is heavier than it looks. It's not that heavy. But I brought this out today because I I, want to show you something. Right? So so he says, Peter, I need you to take up your cross. Take up the cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Now, what people think a lot of times when they say, take up your cross, that means you need to take up your cross, and you got to carry this around with you all day long. right? So you take up your cross and all day long, this is what I need you to do. And see, a lot of people are okay with that because they're like, well, if I take up my cross, then everybody else is going to see my cross, too. And they're going to know I'm godly. And so we think that this is my life. I'm taking up my cross and I'm going to carry it all around. You know what? I want the world to see it, too, that I have my cross. But in the process, what's happening is the the world is seeing what you're doing. The world is, 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 is getting a glimpse and saying, hey, man, they must be holy people. They must be godly people. Look at him carrying that cross. And we think that's what Jesus is talking about. We think that Jesus is saying, hey, pick up your cross, and just walk around with it all day. Bear it like I did. What Jesus is saying is, I need you to die. He said, I need you to die. I'm not asking you to truck this around all day long. I'm telling you to die, Peter. When I tell you to take up your cross, I'm telling you, take up that electric chair. I need you to die. Deny yourself. But see, many of us think we just we just got to carry this thing around all day. Because we want other people to see it. We want other people to acknowledge, hey, man, look at Chris, man. He's just so holy. Look at that big old cross he's got. Man, look, look, look at him, man. He, he don't cuss. Look! Look at him, man. He, he, man. He's a godly guy. And, and and we like that. Like I I like it when people tell me I'm godly. I like like that makes me feel good. But that's when I'm mistaken that I'm thinking it's about me. When Jesus said, "No, taking up your cross, Peter. I I, I want you to die." I want you to die. I want you to deny yourself and follow me, the art of dying. Because, see, when we die, we're free. When we die to that, when we die to an old way of thinking, we remain free. That's why Paul said, I I died to that. I died to what I think I can do. I died to what I think I can accomplish. I died to what I think I can do to make God love me more. I died to that belief. Now I'm trusting Jesus. And I'm trusting that since I died, Christ is living in me. And I'm trusting the work that he done. I'm trusting the work that he accomplished. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. And see, the situation is, see, the disciples, they didn't like the situation. They didn't like what was going on. They didn't like what Jesus said. They didn't like the vibe that he was giving off. Like, nah, we don't like this. And they wanted the situation to change. And that's the way many of us are, right? We, we live our lives in a way where we, we want the situation to change. Like we look at the world we live in and we see all the sin and we see all of that and we cringe at it and we, 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 we mourn over it and, 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 and that's okay but the thing is, a lot of times, there, there, there's certain people that, that come into our lives that are, that are not believers, that don't follow Jesus, and they're in our lives. Maybe it's family members. Maybe it's, it's coworkers, whatever it is. And, man, we don't like the situation. Like, we, we want that situation to change. I, you know what? I'm, I'm too godly. I'm too holy to be around these people. And we want the situation to change. God, just change them. Change them to make my environment a little better. We want the situation. To change, but if we ever stop for a moment, that God maybe wants us to change. That maybe those people are in your vicinity. Maybe those people are in your scope because maybe He wants to do something in you. Maybe He wants you to deny yourself. Maybe He wants you to change. Maybe He wants you to die. He wants you to die. Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Our old self was crucified with him. The art of dying. The art of dying. The art of denying ourselves. So what does that look like for us? The first thing we must crucify. The first thing we must crucify, the first thing we must put to this cross is ourself. We must put ourself to this cross. We must crucify ourselves. Paul says this again, 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He says, I face death every day. What he's saying is, that, man, I die daily every day every morning that i get up man i got to put myself on this cross and i got to die i've got to die what has to die your pride you want to stay free you got to kill your pride because see it's our it's our pride that constantly says hey man There's more you got to do. I mean, yeah, Jesus did a great work on the cross for you. But you know what, Chris? There's still more you got to do. And it's the pride in me that says, you know what? You're right. I'm not holy enough. I'm not godly enough. Give me my Jesus T-shirt. Right? Right? Give me, my, give me my cross that I can wear. Give me something that I can show the world, man, that, 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 that I love God. Let me give something, you know, let me do something. And we're trying to earn, we think we're trying to earn God's love, but in actuality, we're just trying to get approval from people. We must crucify ourselves. We must crucify and kill our pride. And that's going to take humility. That's going to take you saying, hey, Chris, there's nothing else you can do to earn God's love. Chris, there's nothing else you can do to make God love you anymore. There's there's nothing else you can do to add to your salvation. Jesus has already done it. Jesus has already accomplished it. So what do we do? We crucify self. Paul says, man, every day I die. Every day I die die to my pride, die to my sin, even die to my religion. Every day, I've got to make the conscious decision. Say, Jesus, I'm trusting in your finished work on the cross. Every day, I've got to wake up and make the conscious decision that, hey, you know what? There's nothing I can do today that's going to make God love me anymore. And you know what? There's nothing I can do today that's going to make God love me any less. Because the reality is, today I might mess up. The reality is, today you might mess up. The reality is, some of you have already messed up. But you got to wake up every morning and say, man, I, I, I crucify self. I, 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 I deny myself. I, I, I destroy my pride because there's nothing more I can do to earn this. I crucify self. That's humility. The second thing we must crucify is our flesh. We must crucify our flesh. Galatians 5:24 24 says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What does that mean for us? That means we don't live by our own opinion, we don't live by our own preferences, we live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, not what I wanna do. Not what I so desire to do. But Holy Spirit, what do you have me do today? How would you have me live my life today? I crucify flesh. I put my self, I put my flesh on this cross, so that it can die. I don't want to fall back and slip back into that anymore, because see your flesh also says too. See, your, your flesh and your desires are, you want to be liked by people, you want to be approved by people. You want people to think highly of you. you want people to regard you high. And when we think that way, Many times we, we run the risk of doing things just for the appeasement of people. When God says, Man, I, I didn't ask you to do any of that. Like you, you think that's going to change my mind about you, and it's not. I put my flesh on that cross my desires, my wants. Why? Because I want to stay free. I want to stay free. I don't want to go back to that anymore. And if every day when we get up in the morning, if we could just make the decision to say, today, man, I die, and it's Christ that lives in me. Today I die. My passions, my desires, they die today. My pride dies today. Instead, Jesus, I want want them to see you in me. I want them to see you in me. I want them to see that when I love people, when I engage people, that it's solely you. I'm not forcing you down people's throat. But I'm just being who you made me to be. Cause you live in me. So I crucify self. I crucify my flesh. But you know what, even in all of that, there comes a point where we must crucify the world. What does that mean? We crucify the world, well we say this, uh, Galatians 6, 14 says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What does that mean exactly? I crucify self, I crucify flesh, I crucify the world. What does that mean? That means that even though I'm in the world, even though I'm in here, even though I'm out there, even though I'm amongst people who, who may be sinful, even though I'm amongst a, a world that may be evil and wicked, it still doesn't mean that I don't put filters on my life. Meaning I filter what the world has to offer. There's just certain things that I just don't allow here anymore. There's certain things that I have to filter out of my life. Certain things that I just don't want to see anymore. There's certain things that I just don't want to hear anymore. Not because I think God will love me any more or any less if I do or I don't. because I want to have a life that is God-honoring. I want to have a life that does show the world, hey, man, he says he loves Jesus, but, man, he actually really lives it. And so I filter. I filter out the world in my own life. There are certain things that I still, I just don't do anymore. It's the art of dying. See, I want to stay free. And in order for me to stay free, Chris has to die. He has to die. And this morning, I desire the same freedom for you this morning. I don't want you to get wrapped up in doing things just to earn God's love, just to earn more salvation, that's that's not going to happen. But I want you to walk in the freedom that only Jesus can provide. But in order to do that, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to die to self. You've got to die from the fear of man. You've got to die for performance based salvation. Many times you just got to stop doing and just start trusting. Just start trusting. Because I promise you one thing Jesus is more than enough for you. Jesus makes you right before God Jesus makes you holy Jesus makes you pure Jesus makes you justified before God and because of Jesus because of Jesus me and God we're good and that's the freedom I want us all to walk in This morning, let's stand to our feet. Look, I share that story about Peter because Peter's the rock. Jesus called him the rock. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. He was in the inner circle with Jesus. He was the guy. But yet Peter himself still found himself falling back into that captivity again. We, he found himself falling back into that bondage again, getting wrapped up into religion again, getting wrapped up into legalism again. And if Peter himself can, find, can be a part of that, if Peter himself can be drawn back into that, then you know you and I can as well. And I want to be free from that, and I want you to be free from that. Because let me tell you something performing and doing to earn our salvation, to make God love us more, that's exhausting. It's exhausting. Performing before people and trying to earn their approval, that's just exhausting. But this morning, may we walk in the freedom that Jesus gives us. He says, what you're trying to do, I've already done for you. That effort you're trying to put in, I've already put all the effort I needed to on this cross for you. And this morning, I want us to experience that freedom today. Today. Close your eyes and just lift your hands to the Lord for a few moments. The first thing I want you to do is begin to thank Jesus for freedom. Jesus, thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you that it's not about me living by rules and regulations, but it's about me trusting in what you did on that cross. Thank you for freedom. thank you for freedom. Now what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, hey Holy Spirit help me to stay free. Help me to stay free. Holy Spirit help me daily to die. Help me daily to crucify myself. Help me daily to crucify my flesh and my desires, my passions. Help me daily to crucify the world and filter the world around me. Help me daily to die to myself and deny myself so that I can walk in your freedom.